When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't be afraid to reach out, man, because you never know who's going out, going through the same thing to you. Um, your testimony, your story could be that one story that gives them the extra boost to push to be better. So don't be afraid to share your story. This is the Knocking Doors Down podcast with the mission to bring voices to the addiction recovery and mental health illness community through advocacy and accessible resources and we talk to amazing guests that have been there and found purpose in their lives. I am Jason Alcoholic, struggle with some mental health uh, issues like anxiety and depression. My co-host, Uncle Mikey. What is going on, people? Hey, he's uh, he's had a little bit of a bout of that uh, severe anxiety, some panic attacks, wouldn't you say? Well, a little bit more than a little bit, but yes, I would say. <laughs> Our guest this week, Terrence McKinney. T-Rex. If, if you recognize that name, yes, you are a UFC fan like us. And he suffered a severe overdose when much his heart stopped three times. He talks about how he fell into substance, got out of it, and what he's doing with his life now. Yeah, definitely been through some crazy shit, that's for sure. And we thank you guys for listening wherever you are to uh, this podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can leave us ratings there. Helps us climb the charts. And we are everywhere you get podcasts. And hey, tell a friend, share an episode. That's how we grow and we appreciate you. T-Rex, what the hell, man? This is cool. Thanks for uh, talking with us here on Knocking Doors Down. Yes, sir. Pleasure is all mine. Of course, uh, Terrence McKinney, uh, UFC lightweight, man. That record seven seconds. That shit was badass. I remember watching that. Did he retire after you just annihilated him? (laughs) Did he quit after that? (laughs) Yeah, he won after that. Savage victory over a 10-0 guy, man. So so you pissed him off. (laughs) I did. did. He went out there and was ready to swing, man. He came out there correct, slumped, dropped the dude like four or five times in the first round. Yeah, Matt Frivola. But that was a that was a hell of a surprise and a hell of debut. And of course, as a UFC fan, MMA, I do want to get into that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, thank you for coming on here to uh, share your story of, um, you know, drug addiction and substance abuse, man. I mean, it's it's crazy that uh, your heart stopping two or three times was what turned your life around. Yes, sir. Most definitely, man. And just uh, just seeing my brothers getting drugs and just the ricochet effects of all the things I do uh, that I did that time that affected my family. So it really was a game changer for me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to jump back and kind of know, I don't know much about kind of your upbringing and, and, and childhood was, uh, was drugs pretty prevalent where you grew up? You know, what was, what was life like for you, family life and everything? Uh, you know, uh, at the time I didn't realize, but my, I, my family did the best they could, you know, and I'm grateful for what they did, you know. Uh, I had to live with my grandma going up till I was like eight years old. So mm-hmm. it hurt at the time only getting to see my mom like one day at a time. And then she got to leave the next day. But she made the act with the ultimate sacrifice because I was the firstborn and gave me straight to my grandma so she can help change her life around by joining the army, you know. 
Mm. I got beat a lot growing up, man, but I needed it. Honestly, I was I was a little <laughs> hyperactive kid, always doing too much, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm very pro that, you know what I mean? Like, there's parents yeah. who are like, no, no, no spanking. Let's talk through it. Some kids uh, just need a smack. You know they really I mean? do. Yeah, yeah, they really do, man. I, I just I think sure, like those. I assure you, every time I didn't make the same mistake after, I promise that. It, that I always got whooped consistently. It was always something new with me. I always figured out a way. <laughs> so, um, so you're living with your grandma. Um, and like you said, your mom was doing what she needed, but dad, so dad wasn't present at all. Never. Man. And I think I smoked once when I was like 13, got in some huge trouble, was able to quit till I graduated. And then like, once I got that freedom, I uh, kind of took a lot of advantages of it, you know? Sure. And that was a lot of hurt that I dealt with growing up, you know, but um, God helped me heal from it, you know? So yeah. I thought not being able to see my dad didn't hurt me, but what I had to realize, I had to face that problem that it did hurt me. And that was the only way to heal instead of denying it. Yeah. Just just a lot of maturing that I had to do, you know? Things that I thought didn't hurt me, like one time I, my grandma locked me in the basement for 24 hours, you know? Like, just things like that, you know? It's just because, like, and it's not because uh, she wanted to be evil. It's just what she experienced. Like, I can't get mad at them for, because, like, my mom grandma was in, like, kind of the slavery time. So, like, they just grew up with intense, like, um, punishments for bad behavior, you know? So right. she was only doing what she was taught. So I can never blame her, you know? Because that's what was, that's what kids miss. They don't know the bigger picture. They don't know what their experience parents experienced growing up like what might not seem normal to me was normal to them right you know right yeah. and reflection on how I, they got up yeah exactly and that's mm-hmm. what i had to realize and that's when i was able to heal and push through for the better more with t-rex terrence mckinney coming up but uh mikey first we gotta thank 5150 ltm always swagging us out wherever we go keeping us looking fresh that's right if you are into a lifestyle brand that is all about propelling yourself to that next level check out 5150 hats shirts sweatshirts hey my favorite the camo sweats you yeah, know you i like are rocking camo. my camo you don't like being seen <laughs> just heard but that's why we do a podcast yeah that's right of course if you've uh, ever seen any of the photos mikey looks fashionably fabulous in the uh, 5150 gear. Uh, what's your favorite stuff that you wear? I like joggers, man. I like the joggers too. Gray ones especially. Yeah, and you like rocking some sweatshirts. Yeah, sweatshirts. Don't mind some hoodies, but uh, definitely joggers are my favorite. So, Easy to go to. Pair them with some nice shoes. You're good to go. So if you want to check out 5150, a lifestyle brand with a purpose, hit that link in the podcast description, 5150ltm.com. And as a listener knocking doors down, Mikey, they get a discount. And what is that promo code, Jason? Use KDD20 and get 20% off your purchase right now. What is it? KDD20. Get 20% off your purchase. Sick. Yeah, and there's a lot that people don't understand, especially, you know, with the lineage you come from and, and so many that intergenerational trauma that, you know, people don't think that shit happened a hundred years ago can continue to roll over. And like your experience is an exact proof that that does happen. And it, and it does carry forward, especially if we don't have emotional maturity around us and how it manifests. Cause I know for me, that's when I really started loving popping them drinks. Exactly, man. What was, uh, was there any good outlets? I know you did some wrestling, but 
you know, how did you, was it, how did you kind of channel that? Because you didn't really start to have trouble till college, like real serious trouble. Am I correct? Yeah, I never really got in no serious trouble in a lot, but I always was like fighting or getting in trouble and wrestling really saved my life in high school. That's what I was going to ask you. We had talked to Chuck Liddell. I'm like, what, what were you like as a kid being the person you are or who you were in the UFC? And then you Terrence in the UFC. Now it's like, I just picture you guys just beating everybody up when you're kids. Like that's what I picture <laughs> because now you're getting paid to do it. So it's okay. And let's just tell you, I was just an angry sucker. Cause I was the run of my group. There's 11 kids that lived in my grandma house. So constantly I was getting my ass beat or, or like I would have to share my clothes. So it was just really sucky, man. Yeah. Like a lot of irritating things, you know, that I had to deal with. And I was sexually molested as a youth. So like there's a lot of things that I dealt with that like a lot of people don't know. But I know these stories like these is going to help people heal for the better. So they feel they're like they're not alone. So like I think it is a blessing because now I get to help people all across the board. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you saying that because uh, like you just said, there's a lot of people who go through these things and kind of suffer in silence. Like with me, when I first, you know, had anxiety, I thought I was having a heart attack. I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I also didn't want to look like a little bitch. So I didn't tell anybody about it. But that's the whole point of what Jason and myself do is we shed light to it and let people know that they're not alone. You know what I mean? Like you're not a little bitch. If you have anxiety, a lot of people have anxiety. We oh, just yeah. talk about it. We shed yeah. light on it. So I appreciate you shedding light on that. Yeah, no problem, man. So was it tough maybe for uh, with the circumstances of your life? 11 kids in the house, man. Like, did you get bullied because of that too? Like, what was it like going to school then? Yeah, I got bullied because, like I said, I was a little rough, man, and I'll try to fight anyone. Like, fear was just never a thing for me. I already fought my uncles. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I already took the L, and I kind of I kind of live by this motto. Like, they told me, they said, if you guys get in a fight, um, don't start it, but you better finish it, you know? Yeah. And she right. said, if one of your family members fighting, you better help them out, period. That's just how we rolled. It, they called us, they called them the Henry gang out there, and Lionsville, Alabama, man. Like we, we're like a little gang. Like one of us fought. Just know our whole family was jumping in at their round. So family's four, right? Always got each yeah. other's backs. Yeah, but well, yeah, I took I took my share of L's, man, and then I ended up being a little bully in my mid stage of being a teenager. Uh, what was like? Was it like growing up there in Alabama? It was different, like. Sometimes when I make a mistake at school, I, I was in a time period where I got paddled at school and then oh. I had to go back home and get whooped again, man. So that, like I start being a little angry, little sucker, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pissed uh, if my teacher hit me. Oh, yeah. They, well, I didn't uh, go I through that. The, I had to get the paddle at school. They're paddling in the high schoolers. But like and when I tell people about that, they're like, what? What the hell? I was like, yeah, man. I was in the South, bro. It was my, it was still around for a second. Where do they hit you? Like my dad said, he would get hit on the hands with the ruler. Is that right on the butt? I got paddled right on. the Oh, you got on the butt. Oh wow. Yeah. That's some messed up shit. It probably made it. It probably made it pretty tough then to trust any adult. Well, because my grandma signed it, so we they could, but some parents wouldn't. They gave you the option. 
Yeah, I don't know how if I was an educator, I could do that to a child that was my just like get over here and just like, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I worked with kids before. I I I don't think it'd be a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'll count a kid. I would smack the shit out of that one kid who kept fucking with me. <laughs> uh but uh, how did that have an effect on you with trying to trust any adult? I'm going to assume you probably didn't want to go to any adult with any sort of issues and open up. Yeah. At first, you know, it, I was like, I always like to keep to myself. And like you said, I was trying to be that tough guy, like uh, deal with it on my own, but that's mm-hmm. not the way to heal. You got to talk it out, find someone that you trust, you know, Absolutely. the more you talk about it, the easier it gets. Yeah. So what, uh, at what point then in college, what was like kind of the gateway drugs for you? I mean, I know you talked a little bit about high school age. Were you partying mm-hmm. any in high school, drinking any other stuff, or was it just kind I of, I did not, I did not turn up until I won my state title, my last yeah. one, my second state title. And I went to like one party and it was, it was probably the worst, the worst. I, I think I was like spitting on myself. Um, I peed on some people, uh, puked. <laughs> I've it definitely was, been there, man. Woke it, up and pissed a few times. It was all, it was all bad, man. I think I spent like eight, 18 to 20 loogies on myself. <laughs> and then like, I didn't turn up again until like I went to college, but. I was doing like Molly, everything like cocaine, cocoa puzz. I was end up smoking pills. I was doing, I was doing the absolute most. So you didn't have a particular favorite. You kind of just did it all. I just tried it all, you know. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm in college. So you might as well yeah. only live once. Fuck it. <laughs> as a you guy know, went young, to- that's just the shit I was on, man. Yeah. I was like, it, it was either get some puss, <laughs> yeah, do some drugs, or go train. Yeah, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. Right? Self destruct, <laughs> rock and roll, man. Like, damn. I guess damn for you, sex, I drugs, and suplexes, man. huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I know, I know. For me, as a guy that went to college for way too long, I should be a doctor. Um, like dealing with a lot of those insecurities of, of the trauma and not understanding that, do you think that that was kind of what it is wanting to fit in? Like you said, you yeah, know what I mean? Um, exactly. I was wanting to fit in and instead of finding acceptance in myself, I was looking for other places, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to realize. Like I'm chasing the wrong thing. I need to chase the love for my family. Uh, be a leader for them, man. Cause at the end of the day, I had to realize that these guys want to be like me. They want to be around me. And once I realized that it helped me change a lot. So what was, uh, let's talk about the night of the, the, that, that changed your life, man. I mean, yeah, having watched your, your fights, the majority of them, I wouldn't, I, I would have never have guessed, uh, heart stopping two to three times, man, in an OD. What, uh, can you kind of take us through that day? What that was like? And, I mean, I'm going to assume you were on a rager and just like, let, let's do it all. Yeah, I was drinking at a little kickback with the homies and they had a little vial and I was like, screw it, you know, took it. Then like a couple hours, like a couple, like 20 minutes later, I took like a, like a, like, like an eighth of shrooms. And then like, 
it's I went to get some more weed and then it started hitting me when I was around. I was like, all right, let's go back to the house. I was starting to trip. And things got crazy, man. Like I could, I you know, like people just start looking creepy, like they're smiling, like, what did these dudes plotting on me? So yeah. I go in the room, see what they're doing, and I was like, these people are talking about absolute nothing. You know, we trippy, like, what are these people talking about? Why am I even hanging out with these guys? And I was like, I can't go home now. I'm already tripping. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go watch some TV. And I'm trying to change the channel, and it keeps turning changing to a to the cha- same channel. And I'm like, what the hell, man? This is freaking weird. And then like some some demons come out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh shoot. So I start praying, you know, and I start speaking a whole nother language. Wow. I'm like, oh, what the hell? And I'm like tripping bad now. And I was like, so I start praying in my head. because I was like, these demons can't tro- control my thoughts. Like, that's a cool little trick. But you can't control my thought, what I'm thinking. So I started praying in my head. And then after a second, I was like, damn, they're still right here. And I was like, fuck it. I stood up. I was like, I'm not afraid of you guys. There's nothing you guys can do to me. And they shut my body down, bro. And I had to watch myself fall through a window in slow motion. Oh, shit. Holy heck. Yeah. And once I hit that window, you guys know what happened out there. I start spazzing out. Uh, So I got knocked out and I felt like all of reality melting in like a weird little circle. And then uh, the trip just got crazier and crazier after that. And then I just woke up in a hospital the next day. Jeez. Did they tell you how they brought you back? Was it like Narcan? Did they have to adrenaline into the heart? Or I mean, um, I don't know. I was still kind of tripping, but I saw the cops there and I did some 007 stuff, some tuck and rolls, some army cross, snuck out the hospital and mobbed my way home. I didn't know what I did, but I assumed the cops were there for me. So uh-huh. my hands were all swollen. I was all bloody up. So, oh, shoot. What did I do? I thought I was dreaming, just sitting down, tripping the whole time. So, so is that the last day? Did you like that you ever used, or did you kind of continue a little bit, or is it like my life has got to change? Was that the, as they say, rock bottom? You know, come to Jesus. Um, it changed, you know, but I still, you know, I went to school again. You know, I smoked, I drank. You know, what college kid wasn't doing that, but I just knew I wasn't going to do any drugs like that again. I just kind of stopped experiment out there just stuck with the weed and the liquor and then eventually i end up quitting all of it once i started fighting yeah was there ever any point of uh of seeking any sort of treatment counseling or anything after that like i know there's some underlying yeah, shit here i, I gotta I deal to, um i went to counseling at uh riverside and got the help that i needed what was that process like i mean like, you know, I hear kind of your childhood story because I kind of uh, can relate to some extent and, and not really trusting adults or knowing adults as these are the people that that whip my ass pretty much. Yeah. Was it a hard process for you to sit there and open up and start to trust someone? Yeah, I was kind of resentful for it because I was like, what kid is in college isn't trying drugs, man? I didn't really see myself as a person to need a help because like it wasn't like something i wasn't like addicted to it was never hard for me to just be like oh i'm not gonna do any of this mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but uh it was just dealing with the hurt and being able to finally open up just realizing i'm not the only one once i start hearing all these stories and i just finally stopped 
like taking it like as like a grain of salt and actually taking it serious, like hearing people out, taking these steps to heal and actually treating it like homework and trying to get it done. And yeah. it's probably the best decision I ever made. Well, you mentioned hearing other stories. Did you do like group therapies and group meetings? Yeah, I did. I had to humble myself and realize like this, I could be easily in a worse spot, just like these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're all equal. And that's what I had to realize. And, and I just start coming and I was able to become a better man from it. And I'm thankful to God for the whole experience. That's incredible, man. Did you find any mentorship in those groups of people that maybe you kept in touch with uh, for a long time or still, or? Uh, no, I, I got a great support team around me and I just had to realize that. And now I just keep them close. You know, I feel free to reach out whenever I'm struggling or whenever I need help. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Cause we all, we all need that, right? People that we can trust. Yeah. Because at the end of the day people. with the treatment stuff, people just got to humble themselves. Cause I know it's hard when you just think they're better and it makes you not really want to go or take it seriously, but yeah. we're obviously there for a reason, you know, yeah. if they didn't, <laughs> you all, I had to see it like this. Obviously I got in trouble twice. Obviously they're right. I actually do need help. And mm-hmm. that's, I had to put my pride aside and realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in a set that they're not wrong. You know, the, you know, denial is a huge thing. You know, are you having something preventing you from achieving your goals or interfering with your happiness? Well, check out betterhelp.com slash listener. That's better. H E L P.com slash listener. BetterHelp assists you with matching your own licensed professional therapist. Here's some great things about BetterHelp. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Plus, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy. And it's free to change counselors if you need. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, it's all confidential. And you can check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. It is not a crisis line, it's help. Better help. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com listener. So join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash listener. A proud sponsor of the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Oh, <laughs> denial's a, a, a son of a bitch, man. <laughs> I, know, I know I was a guy that was always, uh, I can have just one beer tonight, you know, and then yeah. after the third uh, trip yeah, to the convenience realize, store. Like, shoot. <laughs> Waking up the next morning, you know, it's like, I don't remember puking, but I guess I did or whatever else. Like, shit. Yeah. That's the worst, man. You'd look on your bed and there's just vomit and piss everywhere. Like, how the fuck? <laughs> <is> that, <man>? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> robbed me and piss on me? Yeah, what the hell? Who did this? Yeah. Well, just uh, and all of the dangerous behavior, man. The You know, yeah. it's like when we're young and we're f- full of testosterone and we're like, you know, I want to be alpha male. And of course we get whatever substance in us. And it's like, all right, man, well, we want to go out and, you know, bag a chick or whatever else it is. And you wake up in a fucking strange place. And you know, that shit is like now at my age, that's fucking scary to me, man. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. For real. 
It's like I, I rolled the dice a lot, a lot of dick roulette, I would call it, you know, and I, <laughs> I, I lucked out, man. You know, it's funny, too. I'm glad I'm going to share a story. I haven't told anybody, let alone on the podcast. There was one time I was partying, right? Hardcore woke up with the chick next to me in bed, right? And, and I, I pissed. I didn't realize, that, but I did. She, she was covered in my as well. So you know you what I did? Been like, cover- Sorry, baby girl, I'm a squirter. <laughs> you know what I did? You know what I did to cover my tracks is there was beers around me, so I cracked open the beers and just poured it all over the place. So I mean, it looks a lot better thinking that I spilled beer all over the place rather than yeah, a yeah. Stunner, when in naturality. That's yeah. what happened. So yeah. there you go. So you're the first one wanted to hear that. So. <laughs> I love that, man. You're a thinker, man. You so, quick on your feet. Yeah, I, I had to think quick. I had to think quick. Yeah. Oh shit, man. Well, Terrence, um, we know that you're pressed with time. You're probably at the gym getting ready to train, right? Sir, that I am always, man. Uh, three times a day to two at least. That's that's badass, man. And I I was bummed because you had a um. Was it fight in November? Someone in your corner had COVID, right? So that got delayed. Yeah, man. This this is just my homie. He ain't even trained at the gym. Me, all so I was hurt. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I still love him. You know. Yeah. So uh, I want to get into it because I always love to get into the mind of a fighter because I think it's so important for people to understand the mindset that you live with. Because I think everyone should live with that fighter mentality. Can you take us through like a day, one of your days, what it's like? Um, so I wake up at 6 a.m. I'll go run and then I'll do strength and conditioning uh, at 11 a.m. And then I'll hit my MMA practice at 7 p.m. What's in the day? Are you having to still carry uh, some other sources of income or are you, you making enough with the fighting right now that this is all you do? Uh, this is all I do. Um, I got a nice support system that just helps me cover my rent. And so I can just focus on training. There's just a couple bills I have to pay myself, just like my phone, which sure. is not that much in the internet and in my food. So only like good, like 500 months. So everything's working out like it's supposed to. And like I said, I'm honored to be here today. And none of this is possible without God. Did you grow up with the, uh, presence of faith or was that something you found maybe afterwards um i always believed in god man but i'm not saying like going to church and everything i'm not like that superficial guy but i i feel like everyone churches you guys like we're the temple of god you know everyone should develop their own relationship to god you know and that's just how i feel my relationship god is going to be different than someone else's you know i'm not that superficial guy saying go church but develop Develop a relationship with God, your own, man. Just tell him how you're feeling. Tell him what you want, your needs, you know, and he'll provide, you know, as long as you put the work in, you know. I'm not saying this just going to happen. Work must be put in, but. Man, with that tight budget, what kind of uh, diet do you maintain? It just depends. I eat good every day. I'm not going to lie. But if I'm cutting weight, um, just chicken, uh, nuts, vegetables, two gallons a day uh, right now and fish just no pasta no bread stuff i'm i'm when when it's close one out month out i'm just really locked in you gotta lean out for the lightweight class that's what round 150 155 yeah yeah okay okay yeah so you definitely gotta stay focused and and yeah because i'll miss weight if i don't start early 
I haven't weighed 150 since <laughs> high school. Because <laughs> I love bread and I love pasta. <laughs> yeah, you got to cut that out, man. I got to yeah. cut that shit out real quick. Man, I'm yeah. I'm I'm six three, Terrence, and under a <laughs> way too much stress lately. I went to the doctor this morning. Hey, thanks for working with us on the schedule too. By the way, I had to get this yeah. appointment in and watch my health stuff. Man, they told me I'm low for testosterone for my age. I'm like. Shit, no wonder I'm always depressed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the, the UFC debut because it was it was stellar against uh, Frivola. Uh, seven seconds, man. That record. You know, yeah, took him yeah. down, ground and pound. It's done. What was your mindset for this huge opportunity going into the UFC to, you know, to before uh, you actually got in the octagon? It was a no-brainer for me. Um uh... This is what I've been training for. So as soon as I got the call, I didn't care who it was. I would have signed the dotted line, you know. Sure. I was already training just fought seven days before. Um, I know mm-hmm. for Rose's games to come, and I was ready to die for my dream. And I know God was there seven days of creation and seven days, seven seconds to knock this dude out. Could not get a better debut. It couldn't have been a better. Absolutely. Well put. <laughs> well, Terrence, we know you're pressed for time. We like to do a couple of rapid questions real quick and then uh, leave you with the final thoughts, some words of inspiration for uh, for those listening. So uh, fire it, Mikey. I got one. I got one. So we release episodes on Monday. This episode, correct me if I'm wrong, will be released Monday after Super Bowl. Yes. Terrence, who's winning the Super Bowl? I got the Bengals and winning by three points. You got the Bengals by three. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with Burrow and I'm going to take the three points as well. All right, <laughs> Jason, who you got? All right, Terrence, man, you got a hell of a cool story that I hope gets written out or ends up on TV or the big screen. If uh, you could pick someone to play you in a biopic, who would it be? What actor? Um, shoot. Let me think. I'm going to have to go Jamie Foxx because I feel like he's the closest guy to look, at, look like me that's famous. And he could nail anybody. He could do any. uh, He could do any performance. Jamie Foxx is fucking incredible. I want him to play me. (laughs) 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 He's fucking. He is an incredible actor. Uh, One more question for you, too, Terrence. Um, If you could have dinner with anybody in the entire world, living or not, or whoever existed, who would it be? I would like to talk to Drake. I feel like, or um, Jay Z. I feel like those guys got great business mindset. Yeah. And I would like like to learn what it takes to to stay making money while you're sitting down, and how to be a great entrepreneur, and how to make your money make money. All right, Terrence. Well, we know you're pressed for time. You got to get in there and get training, man. And uh, you know, hey, we're behind you for the next uh, fight. Do we know when it is? Uh, February twenty sixth. It's going to be on the Benil versus Islam Makachev card. Very cool. We'll be tuning in. We'll be watching. Yes, and, and people, yes, you know, this Thank is out not, not long before that. So we definitely appreciate you squeezing us in that crazy schedule and sharing these encouraging words for people. But uh, if you could leave anything for anyone that's struggling with their mental health, substance abuse, addiction issues, you know, especially for men that now we're really trying to break that stigma around it. Men, it, it's okay to open up. It's okay to be vulnerable. What, you know, what would you share? Um, I would say, um, don't be afraid to reach out, man. Cause you never know who's going out, going through the same thing to you. Um, 
your testimony and your story could be that one story that gives them that extra boost to push to be better. So don't be afraid to share your story. It could be something someone needs to to just to live on and keep living, you know. You never know. Like one person can make a difference like they say. So be that person. T-Rex, Terrence McKinney, man, this has been a real pleasure, brother, and we appreciate your time, man. And, uh, again, hey, continued success, and uh, let's get another W, all right? We're rooting for you, bro. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Love, brother, man. And I, I appreciate you guys for having on me, having me on your show. Terrence McKinney, thank you again for your time for coming on Knocking Doors Down, man. It was a real pleasure, and we are looking forward to his next fight coming up shortly. That's right. Stoked for it. It's going to be awesome, man. Money's on you, Terrence. (laughs) Money is on you. That is right. Well, we thank you guys for listening to the Knocking Doors Down podcast. Again, bringing voices to the addiction, recovery, and mental health illness community. And uh, hey, spread the word. We're uh, here to try to help people. So uh, share it with a friend or hit subscribe wherever you are listening to the podcast. And it's just that simple. Of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We are everywhere you get podcasts. And if you're like Mikey and you want to see it... I'm a visual guy. Where can they go? Go to YouTube. That's right. Check it out on YouTube. That's what I do. The link is in our podcast description for the full video interviews. Anything else, Uncle Mikey? No, I'm going home. On that note, keep knocking doors down. We all need some inspiration, and that's exactly what Knocking Doors Down is all about. But Mikey, a lot of people don't know the podcast was inspired by a book. That's right. Book by Carlos Vieira. Yeah, check it out. Carlos Vieira, he not only struggled with a cocaine addiction, but uh, he writes about how he overcame that addiction and what he did in the aftermath, including the Carlos Vieira Foundation. His his foundation has three great programs, the Race to be Drug-Free, Race for Autism, and Race to End the Stigma. And 100% of the proceeds of his autobiography, Knocking Doors Down, goes to the Carlos Vieira Foundation to fund those programs helping people in the community. So if you want to purchase your copy of Carlos's book benefiting the Carlos Vieira Foundation, go to carlosvierafoundation.org or click that link in the podcast description. This podcast contains the views and opinions of the Knocking Doors Down hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with their content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page. This podcast is owned by KDD Media Company.